Welcome to the Rail Market Update on the State of Freight podcast brought to you by FTR, where we share timely transportation intelligence with you on a weekly basis. The Rail Market Update is hosted by FTR's Vice President of Rail and Intermodal, Todd Tronowski. As Todd presents the information in the podcast, you can follow along and review the graphs and indicators by downloading a PDF or PowerPoint version of the presentation from our podcast landing page. A link to the PDF is available now at www.ftrintel.com slash podcast. From there, you can also find past episodes and downloads of the Rail Market Update, as well as the weekly trucking market update with Avery Vice and much more. That link again is www.ftrintel.com slash podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the FTR State of Freight Rail Market Update podcast. As always, I am Todd Tronowski, the host of the podcast and the vice president of Rail Intermodal here at FTR. Hopefully everybody got a chance to listen to, to last week's edition of the podcast and hopefully enjoyed it and got some uh, good information, some good tidbits out of it. I uh, had my colleague Avery Weiss on to talk about the trucking market and how it might affect intermodal through the balance of the year. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that podcast, I highly recommend you go back uh, through and pull it up and listen to it. It's well worth your time. thought Avery had some good insights on the competitive position intermodal will find itself in uh, over the balance of the year and things that will... Uh, potentially constrain its ability to grow volumes as we go through the balance of the year. Uh, definitely worth your time. Uh, this week we're going to go back to our, our typical format, our standard format of, of working through the numbers. But as we go forward here into the future, uh, we do hope to do more of uh, the interviews. We do hope to have more of the special guests, to have folks who uh, are able to talk to a wide variety of subjects uh, across rail transportation and the other modes, how they interact with rail, to to talk through where we are and to talk through uh, what lies on the road ahead. But as we dig in this week, uh, let's just jump right in. Uh, obviously, it's a start of May. We're into the, the start of summer almost in most places uh, across the country. Hopefully, folks will uh, be able to get some time away even if it's just a driving trip uh, this summer to sort of rest and relax and recharge. Uh, but uh, as we start May, you know, what we're seeing in the marketplace is that carloads, you know, the carload market is really just showing ongoing stress and ongoing duress thanks to uh, COVID-19. It's not really letting up. It looked like it was going to let up about a week ago, and it uh, it has taken another leg downward as we Uh, think about things going forward. Signs of a turnaround. We have signs that we've uh, hit the bottom, uh, which uh, is a good thing for a market that had been beset by issues, beset by uh, troubles in the market, uh, beset by issues from COVID-19, from the trade war over the last couple of years. Uh, We're finally starting to see a bottom, starting to see things uh, turn around in that marketplace. Uh, We're at very low levels. However, it's not going to return overnight. It's not going to return uh, in full force. It's going to be, <coughs> excuse me, it's going to be, uh, take some time before it gets back to normal. That said, rail service, even as the railroads aggressively furlough employees, uh, were able to uh, sustain very high levels of service. Now, part of that has to do with the fact that we have 
very low levels of freight out there on the carload and the intermodal side. And the question will be what happens when that freight comes back to the market. Uh, if you listen to the railroad's earnings calls, uh, they have plans in place to quickly uh, recall furloughed employees when volumes do return. It's unlikely in this economy that those uh, furloughed employees will be able to find other employment, either in the construction sector or the manufacturing sector or the retail sector, as th this episodic uh, economic issue that we're in cuts across sectors. You know, there's not going to be the ability to just go to other other places in the marketplace and be able to uh, to get in there and not be available when. Uh, when the market wants you to be available. Uh, you're not going to see the ability to switch jobs, switch industries the way we would in a, a traditional uh, economic downturn quite as much. You know, the railroads have in a lot of ways talked about being able to bring employees back within 72 hours uh, in response to volumes. That is a game changer. Uh, in the past, if those employees went off and found other employment, uh, it would take you nine months to get a new employee in the door and train them to them to be able to safely move freight across the network. 72 hours and nine months, there's an eternity of difference between those two numbers. And that is something that will help the railroads as we get to the other side here in being able to deal with a volume increase, to be able to deal with a potential volume spike as we go forward and talk things through about uh, where things are and be able to sustain those service levels. Because that really is the key for the railroads as we go through the balance of 2020 and into 2021, as we start to see volumes recover, railroads have to be able to deliver price. They have to be able to deliver service if they're going to be able to get price. It's going to be incredibly difficult for them uh, to be able to keep up with the marketplace. So let's jump in. Let's look at the numbers. Let's start with the positive. Let's start with the bright spot. Let's talk about intermodal. Intermodal has finally found the bottom. And whether you're talking about containers or whether you're talking about trailers, both sides of the market have bottomed. Both sides of the market have shown where the floor is and have turned meaningfully upward uh, over the last couple of weeks. That is a good sign. Now, we're nowhere near the five-year average. We're nowhere near where we were last year. But we're at least not falling anymore. There's at least some sense of stabilization in the marketplace and that is huge. And that is a far cry from where we are in the carload market, where most carload sectors uh, continue to decline at fairly rapid pace. Uh, we're still in intermodal down 15 16% year over year. It's not a great picture, but the year-over-year -year increases are no longer continuing to increase. They're no longer sort of continuing to see uh, increases in year-over-year -year declines reductions in absolute volume levels with no sign of where where the bottom is. The trailer market, we've talked a lot about it over the last couple of weeks. Uh, we got down more than 30% the last couple of weeks. We're now right at 30% down year over year. Uh, we got down very close to 15,000 loads a week, and we've come back to about 16, 16 5 per week. That may not sound like much, but it is... Uh, a sign that, that the worst is over for intermodal. Uh, containers, it's a very similar story. We got down very close to 16% year-over-year declines. Uh, those have moderated. We're about 14% presently, uh, and we're down below 290,000 carloads a week, but we're moving in the right direction. We were down at 280 just a couple of weeks ago. 
So we're moving in the right direction, but we're not moving anywhere particularly quickly. And we are well below uh, where the expectation would be for this time of year normally. So we jump to the carload markets. If we look at overall carloads, you can see that there is not the same flattening. There is not the same bump uh, that we've seen in intermodal. It's continuing to move to the downside. It's flattening possibly a little in the latest week, but it's really inconclusive so far. Your year-over-year -year declines continue to increase. We're down 25% from where we were a year ago. We're well below the five-year average. We are you know, 60,000 carloads below the five-year average. It's, it's a very significant delta in there. If we look at economically sensitive freight, I'll tell you again, for those of you that are new to FTR, tuning in for the first time, economically sensitive freight means that we take out the ag, we take out the coal, we take out the petroleum. We focus just on those sectors that are more closely tied to the economy. And it's not a pretty picture. But as I cautioned you last week, like the mirror on your car, it's not as bad as it appears. If you take automotive out of these numbers, uh, we're still down 12 to 15% year over year. We're not in a great spot. We're continuing to decline relative to where we would be compared to the five-year average. Uh, but we're not 20 to 25% lower. Uh, we're not draconian in terms of uh, our performance once you remove automotive. Automotive is going to be a drag uh, for the next several weeks. Uh, the dates we're hearing now are mid-May for most of the restarts of automotive plants. Hopefully that occurs. That will moderate some of the damage in this number. But we'll just have to see how quickly those plants ramp up, how quickly uh, there is demand for a large purchase like a vehicle as we get into the back half of the year. We'll just have to see. The coal markets. Coal is still the largest carload market. It is possible with the declines that we've seen in the accelerating rate of decline over the last month in absolute loadings, that by the time we get a year from now, it is entirely possible that, that coal may be struggling to retain its title of largest carload sector. That is entirely possible as we continue to move a weaker with no end in sight. Uh, we're down close to 55,000 carloads a week. If you'd have told me coming into the year we were going to be in that neighborhood, particularly as quick, quickly as we've gotten there, I would have said, you're crazy. But it is where we are, and it, we are not seeing any sign of a turn. Utilities have very strong stockpiles. It was a very mild winter. Global coal export benchmark pricing is low. There isn't an incentive to move coal to export markets that are dealing with their own form of disruption related to the coronavirus. Uh, coal could be in for a very long slog because even as we get out into 2021, there really isn't an impetus even in an uh, economic recovery situation for coal to uh, regain market share that's losing to natural gas, that it's losing to renewables. It's something that we're going to have to continue to watch for where the bottom is in the coal markets going forward. Chemicals had been a source of strength for the carload markets. Uh, those days are over. Uh, we're down over 10% on a year-over-year -year basis. Uh, we've dropped off dramatically in the last month, uh, plummeting down below the five-year average, starting to show some signs of leveling off, some signs of a bottom. Uh, but we're Five, 6,000 carloads below where we were just a month ago. That's a significant deterioration uh, in a very 
a rapid span of time. One of the big uh, drivers of that, petroleum products. If you look at where they've gone over the last six weeks, uh, they have gone down dramatically. Uh, we're down close to 30% on a year-over-year basis uh, when we were up 20% just two months ago. That is a dramatic reversal. Uh, if you listen to the railroad's earnings calls, the Canadian carriers are talking about a significant reduction in their crude loadings. Uh, the crude price environment would back that up. Uh, there just is not the ability now when you factor in the discounts uh, for Canadian crude relative to the Gulf Coast uh, to justify moving those volumes by rail. And we are seeing a little bit of a bottom start to form in petroleum products, but it is, uh, it is just starting to form in the last week or two. And we'll have to see as we get out in time whether, in fact, it truly is uh, a bottom. You know, to give you some perspective... You know, we have lost about 10,000 carloads over the last two months in a, in a commodity group that was uh, only accounting for 25, 26,000 uh, carloads total in a week. You lose 10,000 carloads. That is a significant uh, piece of the business. It's a significant amount of volume that has just gone away almost overnight. On the ag side, grain continues to show some signs of life. Uh, the year-over-year -year declines, you wouldn't know it. Uh, we're still down about 4 or 5% year over year in the last several weeks. But we're above the five-year average and we're so showing strength. Normally, you'd expect to see volumes start to level off. We haven't seen it yet. Not to say we won't see it as we go forward in time. But at this moment, we really haven't seen uh, a sign of that. The bad news is that grain really is the, uh, the bright light of the ag sector. If you look at food products, if you look at, uh, if you look at milled grains, Volumes are down significantly. Volumes are down over 10% year over year. Uh, things are not nearly as rosy as the overall grain markets. And this is something we'll watch as we go forward to see where there's a turn. Where, where is the bottom in the ag sector? Uh, stone, sand, and gravel. You would expect to see strength this time of year. We just haven't seen it. We've been flat for the last six weeks. We're starting to move just ever so slightly weaker off of flat on an absolute basis. On a year-over-year -year basis, we're down over 20%, and we are slowly moving away further and further from that five-year average. And so stone, sand, and gravel is going to be one of those that uh, is going to be challenged as we go forward. Not only do you have the evaporation of drilling sand demand as crude prices have, have evaporated, you've also uh, had a very mild winter across much of the country, and so there will not be uh, the restocking demand of rock salt that there might otherwise have been. Uh, in terms of sort of the non-metallic minerals, in terms of those sectors. And so you're going to see uh, the non-metallic minerals space, the stone, sand, and gravel space, really sort of take it on the chin as we go forward here. Uh, to make matters worse, the COVID-19 response uh, has drained municipal budgets across the board at the local, state, and federal level. And so you're not going to see a huge amount of road construction. You're not going to see a huge amount of new building projects by those governments as they seek to evaluate their balance sheets, evaluate their, uh, their, their cash position uh, after the outlays they've had to make for COVID-19 and assess the impact of declines in tax revenue uh, with the uh, disruption to economic activity in a lot of these uh, areas where they're reliant on sales tax or sales and use tax for uh, a large part of, the, of their tax revenues. 
that's not going to be that. It's going to be significantly impaired as a result of the downturn in activity. Pulp and paper, uh, volumes have declined significantly. There was a little bit of a bump, a seasonal bump in the last couple of weeks. That has gone away over the last two. Uh, we're down about 3% year over year, and we're declining. We're not seeing any sign of where the decline will end. We'll have to keep an eye on that to see how far it falls. Primary forest products, uh, volumes are down about 15 20% on a year-over-year -year basis. Uh, we're down below 2,000 carloads a week. Uh, in, a, in a commodity group where there's only about 2,500 carloads a week on, on a five-year average basis, a decline of 500 carloads is a huge move. It's something that uh, we're going to have to keep an eye on and see how it, uh, how it goes moving forward. Automotive volumes are down significantly, but we have found the bottom definitively uh, in this commodity group. It hasn't moved for the last several weeks. Right about 3,000 carloads a week, down about 85% on a year-over-year -year basis. And that's going to continue until we finally uh, get these plants restarted in the middle of May. And we'll start to erode these uh, year, significant year-over-year -year declines. We'll start to uh, see the absolute level increase. We'll get back to uh, the seasonal expectation of 20, uh, 23, 24,000 carloads a week. We'll have to see. My gut says probably not from a standpoint of there will not be a demand right out of the gate for uh, automotive vehicles. As folks work from home more, uh, they're putting less miles on, the, on those vehicles. You're wearing out the fleet less. Uh, you have less concern about vehicle reliability if you're not commuting every day, potentially uh, redux, reducing the miles significantly that you put on a vehicle. You can get by with an older vehicle for longer. We'll have to see. Uh, what the new normal is for automotive as we come out of the COVID-19 pandemic later this year and into 2021. So just to wrap up, the carload markets uh, continue to show significant declines across most of the major uh, commodity groups. Uh, intermodal is likely at the bottom. We're likely seeing a little bit of a bounce off the bottom. We'll have to see uh, the magnitude of that bump as we go through the next several weeks, but it's unlikely to go any further down. And service levels, even as the railroads aggressively furlough, aggressively uh, reduce their headcounts, service levels are still at strong levels. They continue to move up. They continue to, to run at very high levels historically, uh, several miles an hour above the 10-year historical average, uh, and moving higher. We'll have to keep an eye on services, volumes return, but some of the initiatives the carriers have put in place around employees should help them be able to uh, weather that storm more effectively than maybe we, we might have seen uh, in the past. Uh, if you're in the rail equipment space, that's not necessarily good news because it means shippers will be able to move uh, freight quicker even in a recovery, but we'll just have to wait and see uh, how that materializes. And with that, we're going to wrap up this week. I am Todd Tronowski, your Vice President of Rail and Intermodal here at FTR. Hope you've enjoyed this this week. Feel free to uh, reach out. To myself or any member of the FTR team, if you uh, need any help or want to talk about the, the transportation markets further, we're always happy to help. Uh, and hope you have a great week. Hopefully you stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for joining us. That's it for this week's Rail Market Update on the State of Freight podcast. The Rail Market Update will be published each week along with a downloadable PDF of the presentation. 
If you find this transportation intelligence useful, please take a moment to give us a positive rating on your podcast platform of choice and send us your feedback by email at podcast.ftrintel.com. You can find more publicly available State of Freight content and download the PDF of today's presentation by going to www.ftrintel.com podcast. FTR is the leader in freight transportation forecasting in North America, providing consistently reliable reports for trucking, rail, and intermodal transportation, as well as providing demand analysis for commercial vehicle and rail car. For more information about the work of FTR, visit www.ftrintel.com or call us at 888-988-1699 to find out which publications will best support your business.